Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, the founder and CEO of the Cannabis Marketing Association. You can find us on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer, or you can find me directly at Lee Buff or on Twitter at Lee Buff21. Whether you're new to this space, an experienced professional, or driven by curiosity, Party Like a Marketer has something for you. Today's conversation features Jerry Abiog and Dennis Collins of Standard Insights. Jerry is a co-founder and CMO of Standard Insights, an AI-as-a-service growth marketing platform. Their solution helps companies worldwide address the challenges of leveraging customer data to drive repeat business. LTC Dennis Collins, USA, retired, is an account executive for Standard Insights. He's passionate about helping veterans and others realize the power of cannabis and helping solve whatever ails them. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. Today, we have two guests, our first double guest episode, with Jerry Abiog, the co-founder of Standard Insights, and Dennis Collins, an account executive at Standard Insights. Welcome, gentlemen, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Lisa, for having us. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Of course. So could you both introduce yourself to the audience, let them know a little bit about who you are, your career, your expertise, um, and then we'll get into a little bit about Standard Insights and, and what you all do. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm a 23-year Army veteran. I retired in 2012, and since then, I've been doing uh, sales and marketing. I uh, have five years in the uh, marketing experience world, and I've been working with Jerry for about a year, and we've uh, now started working in the cannabis space, and we're enjoying it. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great people to talk to, including yourself. And Dennis, where are you based? I'm in Elizabethtown, uh, Kentucky, which is about an hour south of Louisville, if you've ever flown through Louisville. Awesome. And Jerry, how about you? So um, I'm based out of Atlanta. I'm one of the co-founders of Standard Insights. So we're about a three-year-old company. Uh, a little bit about my background. So I've got roughly 25 years of sales and marketing experience. Roughly 10 years ago, I left the uh, corporate world and started my own business, helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. Uh, along the way, I've learned some great lessons. And, and as they say in life, you learn from your failures. I was working for another startup. Uh, this was five, six years ago. Uh, it failed, but it was in the AI and uh, machine learning space. So through serendipitous events, as that uh, startup was um, imploding, I met my future co-founders um, of Standard Insights. One guy lived... Uh, here uh, in Atlanta, he approached me with an idea about an AI platform that would help businesses drive repeat uh, uh, buyers and learning what I learned from the other startup um, where AI and machine learning were, uh, you know, I, about to explode, you know, I ran with it and uh, we started things from there. And here we are three years later, we started off in other verticals with e-commerce uh, restaurants, and now we're in the cannabis space. I love it. One of my favorite things about the cannabis industry is a, it's a startup industry with a whole bunch of startup entrepreneurs um, with businesses, you know, five years old max. So yeah, yeah love, love connecting with uh, fellow entrepreneurs here. And you made a good point there with it, uh, you know, a startup, with, you know, within a startup while, you know, we're serving other industries, helping them drive growth by leveraging their customer data. 
the restaurant industry, you know, they're going through a lot of challenges, especially now, but, but that's an old and established industry with old and established, you know, practices and software tools. The awesome thing about cannabis industry, you need established players, but the established players are three, you know, at best five years old. So yes, it's a young and, you know, growing industry and we're both excited. And they can start with a higher level of sophistication because they're not necessarily taking um, an antiquated infrastructure best practices and, right. you know, having to update it and, and educate their management teams. They're kind of coming in, you know, in, in present time effectively and can build their companies accordingly with the, with the tools that are available to them today. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of, um, let's talk, uh, dive into what what you mean when you talk about AI and cannabis. I think artificial intelligence is something a lot of folks are excited about, both inside and outside of tech. And with COVID, moving so many things online and having to like digitally communicate all the ways throughout the last year and a half, um, we're having more conversations about high tech AI and, and what it can do for businesses. So your website states that your company helps your company, so someone else's company, become competitive in a data-driven world with marketing precision using AI. Dennis, could you tell us a little bit more about exactly what that means for the, sure. the marketers in our audience? Sure. So let's start first with what a definition of AI is. And the simplest definition is getting a computer to think and act like a human. So what our AI does is it, it makes data-driven predictions and it takes all the past data it makes predictive and prescriptive predictions of what someone is likely to buy next. So if you've shopped on Amazon, you have, a, you have a purchase history and Amazon knows the kind of things you like and it makes recommendations for things that you're gonna most likely buy in the future. If you've watched a movie on Netflix, it knows what kind of movies you like and it makes recommendations for similar movies that you're likely to watch in the future. Now, everybody markets. But if you know what someone is likely to purchase with a high degree of accuracy and you can market them that stuff, that's powerful, right? Anybody can give you the, the local weekly specials or what, what, they, what they have on sale this week or what, what they have too much of an inventory that they're trying to unload. But if you know that Lisa likes cherry flavored gummies and cherry flavored um, cookies, then if you come out with a new cherry flavored product, you can market that to Lisa. And if, if Jerry likes lemon flavored stuff, you can market that to Jerry. And it's specific to each individual. And that's where the power comes in because you're not just throwing spaghetti at a refrigerator and seeing what sticks. You're, in, you're inside that person's mind and you know what they like and what they're likely to buy. And that's why it's so effective. That's why Amazon has been able to take so many other marketers to the cleaners and why Netflix put under Blockbuster because Blockbuster didn't use AI. And just recently, um, JCPenney, right? JCPenney has been forced to close over 150 stores, but within the last 60 days, JCPenney has started using AI with their e-commerce platform, you know, in hopes to turn things around. So it's, it's powerful. And it, the other thing I'd like to say is it's, it's sneaky because it's making those recommendations and you don't even realize it, right? There's no big billboard sign there saying this recommendation brought to you by AI. It's just a great recommendation. Like, yeah, I really do need that. Or that's awesome. Let me put that in my cart. 
And the next thing you know, it's an extra sale here, an additional item in your cart there, and up, up and up go your sales. So that's how we do it. Jerry, you want to chime in on anything? Yeah, you know, Dennis is right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whatever in the cannabis, whether you are a, you know, a grower, you know, a processor or a brand or a dispensary, um, it's the customers that are going to make you successful. And if you can improve the customer experience and prevent their indecision and tell them what to do next, as Dennis had mentioned, just a slide of hand, you may not realize it, then not only are you going to improve sales, but you're going to improve average order value and reduce customer churn. So if you can apply uh, technology, especially as you had mentioned, Lisa, in the intro, I mean, we're living in a digital age and it's obviously accelerated since uh, COVID started last year. And with cannabis being a, a new industry, everyone getting into the cannabis has, is part of the digital age already. So we're with AI, we're just taking things and uh, hopefully making it like a rocket ship for whatever business implements it. And one of the things I also love about the cannabis industry is that because it's a startup industry, while there's a lot of innovation happening and new products and services coming out, we also just have to build the infrastructure of it. We just yeah. need to fill in these services and these products that every other industry has and bring a level of sophistication to cannabis that CPG is using and, other, and alcohol and, and these other types of adjacent industries that have been around for longer. We have to build that infrastructure. And it seems like what you're doing is bringing that Amazon level of sophistication with online shopping over to the cannabis industry. And you're right, it's building things that are already existing. So we're not building anything new. I mean, this is happening in other industries. You mentioned like the adjacent industries like, you know, beer and wine, you know, restaurants. So whatever vertical you're in, you're always gonna apply the same principles. And with us, I mean, we've got the infrastructure already built. It's just taking it home that lasts 15 to 10, you know, 10 to 15%. We're customizing it for that particular industry. So in this case, just tweaking it slightly for the cannabis industry. And Jerry, can you talk a little bit about how AI helps marketers? So we obviously have a marketing heavy audience on our show, but what is it about the products that is helpful to marketers? Yeah, so with cannabis folks, you know, it's, startup-ish, if you will. A lot of them are, are tech savvy. And as Dennis had mentioned, mainly maybe a lot of folks are using business intelligence and that's not wrong. And you need business intelligence. I mean, you can, you log on to your computer and you got these pretty looking dashboards that tell you what happened in the past. Dennis had mentioned, you know, Google analytics and that's great. But what you need, this AI takes things to another level you know, making the, you know, the power of predictions, the, the power of predicting who are your most profitable customers, the power of predicting what Dennis, Lisa, or Jerry's likely the purchase, the power of predicting what strains match with certain, you know, customer uh, characteristics or the power or predicting inventory levels when someone's likely, you know, when a product's likely to sell in a given day, week, or month. So we can use what happened to pass and predict what's likely to happen in the future, that business who implements those new technologies tends to win in the long run than those who don't. 
so you're saying that the technology can almost merge predictive information based on inventory and supply with right. purchasing habits. And it, right. it learns, if I'm understanding correctly, it also learns over time, right? So if I come exactly. to your dispensary five or six times, you know, maybe the first time you get insights that I like cherry second time. I also love Indica's and like that starts to build. So over time you get a more sophisticated customer profile and can therefore more accurately target in the future. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. That's a re- I think really exciting and really powerful for brands and, and retailers in the space. So, um, one question I have is what are some lessons that you've learned in the cannabis marketing space? And Dennis, we can start with you. What have you learned taking this product to market, working with brands and retailers in this space? Um, what's, what's sort of the appetite for this type of service? And yeah, what have you learned about cannabis marketing in that process? I think the, the biggest lesson we've learned, and I'm going to say it twice, is that you've got to make it easy. Um, Cannabis marketer, uh, cannabis companies are going 90 miles an hour with their hair on fire, and it can be a great technology, but if you put it in the too hard to do category, they're just going to have to pass because they don't have the time to invest to, to make something complicated happen. We have to make it turnkey, and, and, we're, and we're doing that, um, and turnkey solutions that they can just apply and take advantage of are things that they're willing to work with. But if, if you're in the too hard to do category, you can have a great product. Or, I mean, you can have a really great product, but they're not going to be able to entertain it because they don't have the time and the resources to put into implementing it. So it, it just can't happen. And it's kind of unfortunate because a second thing I'd like to point out is that we've learned a lot of cannabis companies don't even have their own website anymore. And so many of the marketers on CMA, Cannabis Marketing Association, Association um, don't, they, uh, they do search engine optimization. But if a company doesn't even have a website, there's nothing to optimize. So it's, it's frustrating because you, you would first have to get them to get their own website, and then you'd have to get them to either use AI or to use SEO. Um, and, and it's because they've been convinced by companies like Leafly and weed maps that they can, hey, you can just use our platform. You can list all our stuff there and you can be found and you don't even need all your, your own website. So it's a, it's, a, it's a work savings, it's a cost savings. And in the short run, it, it, it's, it's very enticing. But in the long run, you don't have your own data. You're not, you're not marketing your own brand, you're marketing Leafly's brand and you're just one of a hundred stores that are listed. And so I'll say it again. The biggest thing we've learned is that you've got to make it easy. You've got to make it turnkey. And that in, because they need, they need easy so badly, a lot of uh, cannabis companies, dispensaries, just go without their own website. They just list on Leafly or Weedmaps. Jerry? So, oh, sorry. I was just going to say it's the importance of having owning your own channel. And, you know, yeah. it reminds me of, you know, earlier this week, Instagram went down and I was thinking of all the small businesses and influencers who that is their channel for business. And so if something is to happen and you don't own it, you don't have control over that, that method of communication, right? You, you want to have 
you know, using the influencer example, have your own email list and your own website and a channel that is yours and can be owned that you have control over that flow of information should any disruptions happen, you know, at, at any level. And I think what happened on Instagram and Facebook was an extreme example, but did show like business can be down for a day and it can affect a lot of people. And you're absolutely right, Lisa. I mean, what you said couldn't be, you know, further from the truth. If you're relying too much on one channel, not that Facebook and not that Leafly or Uber Eats, if you're in restaurants are bad, but you, uh, you know, as an owner of a business, I don't care what vertical, but let's just take cannabis. You do have to take ownership of your data because what happens if uh, like this week, Facebook, you know, Facebook went down, you know, WhatsApp went down. And while yes, those third-party platforms do serve good, you know, let's pull back. Once, you know, Lisa or Dennis knows about your dispensary or your, or your brand is like, hey, now it's time to take that information and, and, and guide Lisa or Dennis to your, you know, that brand or that uh, dispensary's website or um, ordering platform. And one of the things I, I talk about a lot and I'm going to be talking about even more this fall and a trend we've seen this year pick up is the importance of omni-channel marketing. So meeting customers where they are through multiple different channels and merging the in-store experience with what's happening out of store Um, and broader, you know, from a marketing perspective, brands do billboards, they do events, they do sponsorships, they do pop-ups and retailers. They're doing email marketing, text message marketing. That's all an example of omni-channel where you're using multiple channels, but you want to marry the data of what's happening out of store versus what's happening in store. And same with whether it's your own channels or, or someone else's channels that you're using. The importance of, of understanding all of that together and the interplay of it together gives marketers more powerful information and more frankly, honest and accurate information about what the bigger picture is about how their efforts are doing. And that's spelled out on our website, help businesses prioritize and execute data-driven, you know, omni-channel campaigns to help target the you know, the right person with the right product and the right time. So that omni-channel, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's key. And if you want to take it into marketing, you know, f- uh, for us, it, and how do we reach out to potential clients? Well, it's trade shows in a couple of weeks. It's getting on podcasts. It's, it's doing webinars. It's doing uh, cold emailing and cold calling. So it's a variety of different things that we do in case something happens to one channel. Hey, we've got these other channels that we're, we're using as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Omni-channel marketing is the, is the way forward. It's just, that's the digital age and, and that's where we're at. So glad to, glad to hear you echo that as well. So Jerry, what are some ways that you believe marketing will continue to grow the cannabis industry and how these improved levels of marketing sophistication kind of speak to the bigger picture? Yeah. So, uh, you know, to your point, I think marketing is going to even be a heck more important, especially what happened, you know, early early this week with um, Facebook, uh, you know, shutting down. So I think, you know, three things that come to mind: why marketing, if you're the you're the brain, you're the dispensary, you know, you're the grower. Number one is third party. Dennis mentioned third party applications, right? Yes, they do provide a good service, but at the end of the day, you want to take control. Number two. Um, even if you forget what happened early this week, cannabis, for what it's worth, um, still is subject to quirky advertising guidelines, whether they're on social media or sometimes I think it was an article put out by 
uh, a magazine that even in Michigan, you're not allowed to use billboards. And then number, number three is um, we have to prepare for a cookie-less future, right? Google was supposed to implement that at the end of this year, but I think they postponed until next year. But it's not if, but it's when cookies aren't uh, gonna be a tool that you can use. So to your point, Lisa, marketing, doesn't matter what facet you are in the cannabis industry, uh, from the whole entire seed to sale process, you've got to take uh, ownership of your data, whether that's you know, collecting email lists, phone numbers for text, doing surveys or everything, you know, all of the above. You know, it's critical. And yeah, I get it. Dennison mentioned that these businesses don't have time, but you've got to make time, just like with um, exercising and working out. Yeah, people don't have time, but you've got to make it a priority if you want to succeed in business, whether in cannabis or elsewhere. Yeah, good uh, good reminder on the working out one. I'm working on that one too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Jerry, that was that's actually a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned it about cookies and what's happening with Google. Do you mind just explaining that for those who might not know what's going on? Yeah, so when you go visit a website, You'll, you'll see ad suggestions uh, based on what site you visited. You won't be able to do that uh, you know, soon enough. And what that means is, okay, once, you know, so our platform focuses on drive and repeat buyers. So there's another um, you know, great platforms out there to drive new traffic in. But once you get new traffic in, treat that traffic as gold, whether they're you know, new visitors to your website, or your customers, I mean, I guess those are the golden ticket, uh, you know, to success. Because um, I think I had mentioned it before, maybe it was in, in, in the webinar. So one of the reasons why we started our company and decided to focus on driving repeat buyers or um, by leveraging their data is um, Bain put out a study a few years back that even a 5% improvement in repeat business can generate between 25 to 95% profitability. So it just goes to show you the key, key importance of driving business from your existing customer base. And the only way to do that is to take ownership yeah, of your data and your customers. Say that one more time. So 5% repeat, a 5% increase in repeat customers can lead to up to 95% more profitability. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's a, they can Google that. It's a study put out by Bain. That's an astounding, highly attractive uh, insight yeah. and number. But the, the thing is, uh, it's cooler to bring in new, uh, new customers, right? It's always cooler to bring in, uh, you know, the new gizmo to bring in, but once, and sometimes your customers get forgotten, right? And just to take it back, you know, in a, in a, in a your significant or in a relationship, right? Think about it when you first started dating, like the, the newness and, and all that. And, um, you know, after time, it's like, a, it's just kind of like habit of just going through the emotions. You don't want to go through the emotions with your, you know, with your customers. Otherwise, you'll lose them. I'd like to, I'd like to chime in here. It's, it's also dollar for dollar advertising wise, much more cost effective to pay to advertise to keep your old customers than it is to pay to advertise to get in new customers that have never been to your to your e-commerce platform or to your store or your dispensary. It, so. It's true. I mean, you've worked so hard to get them. Yeah. And I've, I mean, if you think about it from a management perspective, you know, the same logic applies to your employees. It's, it's much more costly and expensive to train 
and yep. find new ones that work on improving and, and helping your current team. It's the, you know, same kind of, I think, management best practices that should apply and, and be considered in marketing. And I'm really glad you mentioned this because I'm actually going to be talking about this at MJ Discon in my talk in the importance of um, focusing on your, your current customer. So thank you for teeing up that conversation. <laughs> sure, it's it's like, the same logic applies, whether it's your, your employees, relationships, or what have you, you know, focus on what you have. Grass is greener where you water it, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So Jerry, I would like to, we do have a lot of startups and entrepreneurs listen to this podcast. Um, so we like to talk about marketing, best practices, but also just what it's like breaking into this business and, and launching companies and cannabis. So could you tell us a little bit about um, some of the biggest challenges you had to over, overcome when launching Standard Insights and if there's any kind of marketing angle on that? Yeah, just getting yourself known in a, you know, in a cost-effective way. I mean, for us, I mean, we're in most small businesses, you're just kind of hand to mouth, right? And yeah, I mean, if you had a, you know, big giant pocketbook and yeah, you can, anyone can throw out ads, but um, it's just getting known. I mean, I can remember when we first started, I flew out to your neck of the woods in Denver to the outdoor retail show. We were going to hit just, uh, you know, we were focused on e-commerce at first. We didn't even have a real website. It was some odd website, just a one page or just a placeholder, if you will. I printed out business cards and I was out on a plane to Denver. And then when we came back, but it was literally just going from booth to booth, shaking hands. I mean, I had just my, I guess my smile, if you want to say that, and business cards and, and that was that. But, you know, over time, once you start developing relationships and getting known, um, you know, how do people, get to know you well writing right maybe writing and then appearing on you know on podcasts and I can remember the first podcast I, it was almost like I was begging people yes I was begging people begging people to like can I can I write for you and as you know the first piece led to another piece then you know another podcast led to another podcast so it kind of grew um, what we're doing for the cannabis is same thing we did for the you know for the restaurant space I wasn't a podcast one of the, I guess, bigger ones. And I was sandwiched in between like the, the XCO of Dunkin' Donuts and, and Fazoli's. I think it was, um, someone was sick that day and they called me. <laughs> so we just, we, we just did that and just kind of build momentum from there. Uh, and eventually people will find you or, you know, using, you know, LinkedIn, I, I post a lot there or cold calling or emailing. And when it got to cannabis, we were doing a lot of research on, you know, who could we um, kind of uh, piggyback off, if you will, and we, we research you guys and, and, you know, Dennis and I was like, okay, we're joining, but not only are we joining, but we're going to be active participants. So we already had the articles kind of written uh, before we even joined or just get engaged in this podcast. We did that webinar, uh, you know, a few weeks back and because of the articles that I had written for you guys, an ERP company you know, picked it up and um, we're meeting them at MJ BizCon or I did an article nice. that I published today. I tagged you on it for cannabis tech. So it's just a slow roll. You know, nothing happens overnight, but just, you know, get your name out there and it, the content, you know, writing for people, you know, appearing on podcasts, you may have to put in literally hundred, you know, hundred applications and someone will pick you up. So just getting your name out there, it's not easy, but just, I guess, keep at it. 
Yeah. And it's, it's inbound marketing. It's, it's, and when you have a product that is new or um, maybe not so obvious, like something that you're doing AI, or you have to explain it, there is an education kind of gap that you as the entrepreneur and marketer have to cross. And one of my favorite quotes from um, the lean startup, the, the book that really helped propel my entrepreneurship thinking is if you're not embarrassed of your first iteration of your product, you've launched too late. And that you just, you want to launch, you want to get out there and get feedback and start talking to people as soon as possible, right? Right. Like you can go to that trade show with an imperfect website and your business cards, but start building now because it will, it it will catch up over time. And it takes, it does take a lot of time to do that. And that's really important. Yeah. I look back at some of the messages I sent on to people on LinkedIn. I was just telling Dennis this the other day. I go, really? I sent that? That was, (laughs) or even like the first articles that but yeah, you're always, if you're, if you're not looking back cringing or what you did in the past, then that means you're not improving. Yes. Yes. And you, and you might be working in an echo chamber too, where you think your product is awesome and you, you think this is what the market needs, but if you're not out there testing it and talking to people, you might be building something that, you know, you could have tweaked a feature or, um, you know, found a core insight by actually getting out and talking with your customers first. And I think that is such an important lesson for entrepreneurs and marketers in general. Yeah, I mean, we did, um, we weren't sure about the cannabis space. I mean, we did a lot of research on it, but just to test the waters, we put together a landing page with some key bullet points and then put a video video together and we got uh, positive feedback from it. Like, okay, let's, let's dive in. Uh, yep. you know, 100 miles an hour. There you go. That's, that's the method. Love it. So Dennis, um, I'd like to hear from you uh, what are you most hopeful for in regards to the future of the industry? And I am curious if you have any insights you, you've learned from your clients in cannabis um, who have used your technology and that can speak to the power of this. Well, um, first on the future of the cannabis industry, I think I speak for everyone when I say uh, I hope for legalization um, across all 50 states and at the federal level. And I think that's only a matter of time because as the pragmatists look across the border, if you're in, if you're in Pennsylvania where, where it's not legal for recreation, but it is legal for recreation in New Jersey, if you live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're going to drive across the bridge into New Jersey, you're going to buy your recreational marijuana, and you're going to drive back home. And all that uh, business revenue and all that tax revenue goes to New Jersey rather than Pennsylvania. And it's just a matter of time before the, the Pennsylvania politicians and all the other politicians who, who haven't legalized it yet come to that realization and come to grips with that fact that, hey, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of whether we make the, the profit on it or not, or let someone else make the profit. And the pragmatist is going to say, we got to get in the game. We, we got to level the playing field because we're just hurting our own local businesses and we're, we're losing out on billions in tax revenue. And so the, I think the pragmatists will eventually take over. And then it's, it's just a matter of time and the, the feds will come around and then that'll make everything a whole lot easier dealing across state borders, right? Once it's and, and, and advertising by mail and, and things like that, when it's no longer verboten at the federal level. So that, that's my great hope for the cannabis industry. And then your second question, was um, trying to think. 
like what, what insights have you seen? What have you learned from your clients in cannabis um, oh, that kind of speak it, to the power of, of sure. leveraging AI technology? Sure, it works. I mean, we've seen double digit growth um, year over year in companies that use our AI platform. I mean, it's insidious. You don't even know what's happening. You don't even realize it's making such a great recommendation, but you're gonna buy that product you're going to add it to your cart and, and their sales. It's just, I mean, it's, it's going to be the differentiator, right? There's a, there's a quote in a book that says, if the virus doesn't get you AI will, because you're either going to have it and you're going to be a winner or you're not going to have it. And you're, and you're going to fall to the wayside to those that do. It's just a, a he, he took that quote from his book competing in the, so yeah. I mean, it's, it applies across, you know, different verticals. And um, I think for us, what we've seen is just getting started. That's probably the, uh, you know, the toughest part. And then what we had mentioned earlier, what Dennis had mentioned earlier, it's how do you make something that's complicated in nature, I guess, if you're not used to it you know, easy to use and easy to install, right? So that's going to go down to, uh, you know, boil down to customer experience. And it's doing work that marketers work really hard to do and figure out on their own, but don't necessarily have the, like our brains don't work like that, right? Yeah. Like we can look at customer purchase history and we can look at that information and synthesize it and try to better target through our email campaigns and our text campaigns. But as far as recommendations, you need technology for that it's it, you know that's not something you're necessarily putting up you know the the cmo is putting up on the website behind the scenes you need something that can build those data sets and those insights so that it can make these predictions more accurately within this category of cannabis products right yeah. if you if, mentioned insights you, and the, yeah let me let me if if you've uh if you've got ten thousand customers you can't look through all your google google analytics data and predict what each of those 10, I mean, you could, it would take you quite a while. And that's where the AI comes in because the AI can do it like that, where if you're going to eyeball it on your, on your data, it's going to take you forever in a day and you can't do it live stream as they're shopping on your website. You just can't, but the AI can. Jerry, go ahead. Oh, you had mentioned some of that insights. I mean, that's why, um, that's why we named our company Standard Insights to be the global, you know, standard on how successful businesses, you know, prioritize and execute uh, their, in, you know, in global standard on insights driven from their data. So it's always going to be all about the insights and how do you act on those insights. And just just to reemphasize this point, I think the coolest part about it is that it learns, it builds a data set and learns the more information it has. It's not yeah. a constant. Um, like the, the, the learning curve and the growth compounds where Correct. the more information in, the, the smarter the model gets and yeah. the more accurate and better predictions it can make. So to your point, you mentioned earlier about not forgetting that current customer, it's, yeah. it, it's emphasizing that and saying, okay, let's work smart and not hard. We've already done this. We've, we already have this information. Now let's make the most sense of it to honestly respect everybody's time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I know there's, um, you know, buying data sets and whatnot, they, they do serve a purpose, but um, maybe to analyze things on, on a macro level on what a particular city or, or county 
you know, prefers. And, and that's great. That's good to give you a base start. But, you know, buyer behavior changes rapidly, just like with societal norms uh, change rapidly. What, you know, you could say two years ago, you cannot say now. So everything's constantly evolving and everything's moving at a speed of light. And, um, you know, everything compounds. And with AI, it can analyze and look uh, you know, at those data sets, hey, this is what's trending today. This is how we should, um, you know, act uh, on it. Um, and while Dennis had mentioned, yeah, you could, you could analyze this yourself. I mean, I guess you could hire, you know, a data analyst or a data scientist to help you do the work, but that's going to cost you in the, in the six-figure range. I don't know if many dispensaries or growers have that, that, that kind of, uh, even though cannabis is doing well, I don't know if they have that kind of money to pay for a, you know, analysts to work side by side with them. And I, I was just going to mention that too, that the, the cost of these types of services seem to have gotten more affordable over time. Yeah. Like it's not this kind of far out, this is happening in the future concept. It's happening now. And it's more accessible now than it was five or 10 years ago, both from a technology and a cost perspective. Oh, so you're absolutely right. Um, I guess I'd written an article this is a few years back on the democratization of AI, that to your point, yes, it's become, you know, readily, uh, you know, available, both in terms of price and tech-wise that, um, you know, companies can use. And we reflect that in our pricing. I mean, if you don't, if you have a minimal, you know, data set, well, what we can connect, help you connect, um, and then we'll build on the prices data as you get more data. That makes sense. Okay, so last few questions before we wrap up here. Jerry, for those who are new to the industry or considering um, breaking in, I know you mentioned this a little bit, but do you have any other insights or tips on just how to get your foot in the door as a, as a startup entrepreneur or, or marketer looking to work in this space? Yeah, just you know, diving head, head first into the, into the deep end of the pool. I mean, it may, may not be perfect even when I when I went to my first trade show, you know, three years ago in Denver, we barely had a website, just a, I think it was just a landing page. I just had printed business cards, ordering from Vistaprint, and I was off to a plane. Let's see how this thing shakes, you know, shakes out. But I did enough research to know and learned in the past, you know, the, the, uh, the potential of AI. So this was three years ago. I mean, things have changed a lot since then. And it's, still, and it's still growing, right? And likewise with cannabis, you know, you do your research, just don't go in, you know, flying blind, but yeah, you know, educate yourself, right? And, and, and then, uh, you know, take that risk. I think there was an article put out by Forbes, two things that are guaranteed to make money in the next decade separately, it's artificial intelligence and cannabis. So what we're trying to do is, you know, bring both together. And just to that point, I feel like there is no shallow end in cannabis. Yeah, like, no. it's it's just the pool is just deep. So you either are in or you're out. Right, but you got to jump in. You got to jump exactly. You got to jump in. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think just the and yeah, I mean, there's growing pains and things aren't perfect, and that comes with anything. That comes with any vertical. That comes with just life in general. But if you you got you got to jump in the pool. It's and it's a fun one. Yeah, I like it. Stressful, <laughs> yes. um, stressful, yeah. <laughs> yes, but those two things can be true at the same time, yeah. absolutely. 
Dennis, anything you want to add as well about breaking in uh, to the industry or in, or in cannabis marketing that you've learned? I would say do your homework. Um, because the big lesson we learned was how you've got to make it easy for the, for the dispensaries, for the cannabis owners. Because if you put it in that too hard to do category, they, they just won't be able to play ball because they don't have the time and the resources. So make your product or service something that's easy, something that's turnkey, something that doesn't involve a lot of energy to take advantage of. And I think you'll have a successful product. And, and if you can pitch that, th those effects you know, of your, of your uh, service or product, I think, you'll, I think you'll be successful. And I want to echo that definitely on the B2B side, because, you know, we're the same way and that we service businesses as well. And they, these brands and retailers, they're getting pitched all day, every day by folks who have services, products, um, you know, everyone wants to talk to them. So I just want to validate what you said, as far as making it easy, delivering a high amount of value at a, at a, effective cost um, is, is the way forward. But that turnkey solution and making it as easy as, and simple as possible to show how the value can impact them and their bottom line is the way forward, definitely on the B2B side. Yeah. I can only imagine what these, these dispensaries, the phone call, and they're probably getting hammered left and right, whether it's from folks like us, marketers, web, website guys, SEO, you know, and everywhere in between. They're... Uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, pounded with calls or emails. <laughs> yep. Their customers, the city, the regulators, the press, like everybody, everybody wants to, you know, talk to them and know what's going on. So yeah, I think being mindful of their time and, um, really delivering a strong product or service is yeah. the, the, the way to go. But I think what, what you, you know, you're doing and getting on podcasts, like then, then just, you know, hopefully building that thought leadership. So that could separate you from the you know, the rest of the pack. Yeah. And if you are, if you are the expert in that space, you should feel confident going out and talking about it. Yeah. And, and I say that to everybody in cannabis too. Like if you're on the ground and you're doing the work and you are marketing these products and services and you are producing them and getting them out there, you are an expert, even if it has only been a few years, the yeah. veterans in this industry only have I mean, there's, it's only so new. There, there isn't, you know, generations of institutional knowledge here. We're still building it. And the learning curve is steep and rapid and extreme, but it, it is uh, achievable and we're still doing it regardless. So I think not being afraid to, to talk about the lessons you've learned and share that with others is how, you know, we can all really move forward in a, a more effective manner. No, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so my last question before we go, I'll just leave it open-ended. Any other insights you want to share with our audience about uh, AI and cannabis, cannabis marketing, or breaking into this industry? Just we'll call it lightning round. Any other last kind of things you want to share that maybe you didn't get a chance to share yet? Yeah, you want to take this one first? I would like to just say that it's not the boogeyman. A AI is not the boogeyman. There's no, I think, I think some people are scared of it because it's so new, but it's so commonplace nowadays and it's, it's everywhere. You just don't realize it because it's in the background. And like I said before, there's no sign. There's no little footnote saying this recommendation brought to you by AI, this decision brought to you by AI, um, this self-driving car brought to you by AI. It, it's just there. And it's so prevalent. You don't even realize it, but yet 
there are still many, many businesses that don't take advantage of it. And as that books, as the book that Jerry held up earlier says, if the, if the virus doesn't get you, AI is gonna. What's the book again? Can you just state yeah, the title for those not, not on video? Yeah, Competing in the Age of AI. And who are the authors? Marco Ian City and Kareem Lakhani. Cool. And to add to uh, Dennis's point, um, and I heard this from someone else the other day, so I'm not going to quote it as my own. Think big, start small, and scale. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that is the formula. Yeah. And that's as simple as you can say it. And how do you uh, eat an elephant one bite at a time? So. One bite at a time. Yes. Yes. Over time, repeatedly, but you can yeah. do it. Awesome. Well, that is a great, uh, great note to close. So Jerry and Dennis, any contact information you want to share your website URL or anything else as far as how folks could find you or connect with you? Yeah, Dennis, you want to go ahead? Sure. I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. Just search for Dennis P. Collins, um, Standard Insights for Dennis P. Collins, Kentucky, and I'll pop up. Um, my, my email's there. My phone number's there. Um, information about the company is there. So everything you want to know is on LinkedIn. And uh, Jerry can talk to you about the, the website and his contact information. Yeah, so you can go to our website, Standard Insights, all spelled out, dot I-O. Um, Jerry Abiog, A-B-I-O-G. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm the only one there. Um, and then if you want to email me, it's Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, at standardinsights.io. Uh, Would love to, you know, have a chat take you through a demo of our platform. Awesome. Thank you both so much for your time and sharing those insights today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Lisa. Glad to be here. Appreciate your efforts, Lisa. Appreciate your efforts. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Check us out on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com and engage with us. We love to hear from you. We'll see you next time for another episode next week.